chicken fried and cold beer on a Friday night, a pair of jeans that fit just right, and the radio. Alright guys, welcome back to the 24 Down Podcast. Uh, before we get into today's episode real quick, I just want to go over uh, some some news that we've got going on for the 24 Down Podcast. As you know, a few weeks ago, I announced that uh, I brought on Buddha and Francis and Andrew as, uh, as admins, helped me out with the podcast. So there is some things in the works right now, and there's potential of a second show being added down the, down the road. Uh, basically the premise of the show is going to be a, a follow-up show. So, you know, you'll hear your, your interview show and then you will hear a follow-up and that's going to be a lot of uh, fan interaction. So we're going to be looking for you guys to be sending audio clips or getting involved in the conversation. Things you heard on the, previous podcast, the previous interview, whoever it was, being able to then go and, and put your two cents in on things and add to the stories and, and that type of thing. So uh, that is in the works right now. I don't know when it'll happen uh, soon, hopefully, but uh, that is going to be this week's announcement. And without any further ado, I'm going to bring in our guest of the week is none other than James Majeski. How are you, man? I'm doing good. <laughs> Oh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> so, uh, as most of you know, James is, I think, now he's, uh, let me think back to the, everybody we've had on. I think James is the first non-24 Down resident on the 24 Down podcast, I believe. But, as you all know, James was just as much a part of 24 Down. Oh, you did live on 24 Down. You did live on there, yeah. But originally, you were not, right? Uh, so actually way before you came, I was actually, yeah, I lived there. I lived there for a semester. Then I moved to two, four up, but then you moved back, back to down. Yeah. 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 yeah back. Yeah. So like uh, twice, uh, twice I lived there. So you, you lived there, you left and you realized you, you needed to come back basically. Yep. <laughs> I needed some brown sugar. That's why I moved in with Matias. <laughs> All right, well, we're, uh, we'll get right into it, and we will kind of keep the same format as we always do. So, James, I'm going to let you just kind of fill everybody in on what your life has been like post-Valley Forge, post-24 down. Wow. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been crazy. After the Zoom calls, you know, you sit back and you think about how much time has gone by, you know, 12, 13 years. And uh, so I think a lot of you knew that I worked for Antioch. Uh, the church out of Contra Hawk. And I worked for the, uh, Pastor Jacob for probably after I left Valley Forge, I think I worked with him for like another year, I believe. And uh, after that, I took a job as a youth pastor. I actually came to my hometown and started meeting with pastors. And somehow I got this job. It was like just weird how it fell into my lap. They asked me to come be their youth pastor. Uh, I was there for years about six years. It was with the Assembly of God uh, down here in South Jersey in Hamilton. Um, I got married. Uh, I met my wife. I, I had left a semester, I think it was like 07. 
I had I picked up a, a job and I met her at work. And so uh, I dated her through my like last year there at Valley Forge. Uh, got married, been married uh, eight years. And it's like time flies by. Um, uh, no longer in ministry, no longer going to a church. And I can get into all that later down the road, uh, exactly how that came to be. Uh, but uh, no, I mean, just been just been living life, uh, you know, just uh, still diabetic. <laughs> still can't eat too much sugar. Um, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, some good, some bad. I think we all, you know, after listening to the last podcast, it's, uh, it, I think we all, you know, that's just life. You know, you go through ups and downs. And uh, I think, you know, a lot of you always on Facebook. I lost a brother last year to uh, drug abuse. Um, he was kind of a strange brother. You guys never really met him, but uh, he kind of left seven kids back here in Philly. So uh, uh, they're a lot older. They're, tw- they're in their twenties, but you know, me and my siblings kind of kind of took over as the as basically as a parental, I guess you want to say, like influence in their life. So you know, I got you know, we've been hanging out with them a lot, and uh, bought my first home last year. Don't know what I'm doing. But uh, yeah, you know, kind of got my uh, my little spot here in Jersey. So dirty Jers. So, well, you guys, I mean, you and and all the people that are still in Pennsylvania, you guys have Wawa, and I'm really jealous about that. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Wawa, good old Wawa. So, give me your, uh, I guess, your first impressions of Twenty Four Down. Uh, once you you know, saw it develop into what it was. Um, Cause you, were you on the floor at that point or were you? <clears throat> so I, yeah, I came in uh, 2005, I think it was. And I actually lived next to uh, big daddy. That's how I met him. And uh, it was funny. Cause your last podcast with Pete, I totally forgot that I had met Pete and Buddha at one of those breakaway things. And I ended up coming like the next year. I told you, like, it's just weird how we, you guys have brought it up a couple of times, how like a little thing someone will say will trigger all these memories. Like I was nervous about like even coming on. I'm like, man, I don't remember anything. Uh, I'll have these, like my time there is like one big blob, like where randomly something will come through my mind and I'll just start laughing about it. But uh, so I lived in two, four down yeah, for one semester I had this roommate, Noah Polnack, and uh, he was an interesting kid, yeah. And uh, I only made it one semester down there. I really don't think I hung out with anybody. Uh, and then I moved upstairs to, like, one of those porch rooms. And uh, I, I teamed up with these two kids. Both got suspended my second semester. They did, not me. That didn't come until later. You know that. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And uh, ended up getting that room by myself, like a three-person room by myself. And that's how I think I met Tom up there, too. Uh, Tom started up upstairs, too, right? I, yeah, I'm not sure. Because Tom was before I was, too. So, Oh, wow, really? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, But, yeah, so I lived down there, like, for a semester. But uh, coming back down, it was definitely a different atmosphere. So when I lived there first, and I was this young kid, I was 18, um, a lot of the relationships were already established. We had Carlos as an RA. It was rough. <laughs> I got yo. I think we all have a Carlos story, but I remember real quick. I remember that guy find me during a room inspection. I went away for the weekend, right? 
and I put my books on my bed. Like they weren't like thrown on my bed. I will remember this till the day I die. I put like four books on the end of my bed and Carlos fined me for a dirty room. <laughs> and said, and and when I asked him, I was like, "Why'd you find me?" And I remember his response was, "It looked like you were hiding your books from me." I was like, "Wait, what?" And yeah, he, what was the fine back then? Like twenty bucks? So yeah, ten twenty yeah, something like that. Yeah, I mean, I paid it. What was that? What was I really gonna do? You know, so, but uh, now yeah, moved back down, and um, it was weird how like I I came to hang out with you guys because I actually lived upstairs for quite a while. Um, I had like a triple then i moved to sing a single but i was hanging out with everyone downstairs i don't know if you knew that but no one upstairs talked to each other we didn't really you know hang out but two four down was like the place to be so you know it was cool that's how i built a lot of relationships between you guys you know like i said like after 12 13 years we started doing zoom calls and it was like we just left yesterday we were busting each other's chops you know and uh it was it was a cool yeah it was cool to get back together, man. That was a good job on your half. Thanks, man. Yeah, the uh, bringing up like the how you can just completely forget about things. You know, this is just perfect perfect example. Um, so we had a, a meeting the other day. I had a meeting with Andrew and Buddha and uh, Francis. I don't remember how it came up, but somehow. So remember the little. It used to be the ARA room right next to one seventeen. It was a single room. Yeah, dude, I literally, I don't know what it was. I completely 100% forgot that room even existed until it got brought up the other day. I probably haven't thought about that room for 10 years. And I was like, holy shit, there was a room right there. I forgot because that thing was so tiny. But yeah, man, it's it's crazy. Like the, like the simplest little things can spark some of the coolest memories. Um, I don't know. That's, that's crazy. So, so the other thing, the other thing I want to bring up about kind of what you were talking about What's the fining? Like you get in that, the room, you know, you fine for your room not being clean. Okay. Where, where was that money going? Like, think about that. Like you have, you have, you have college students who are traditionally like college students are not made of money. A lot of college students don't work. We're paying out the ass to go to this college. And then on top of that, you're going to find little ways to ch- like charge us. Oh, you, you skipped too many chapels. Here's a $10-20 for every skip over 50. Where did that money go and what the hell did it go for? It went, it went to uh, Matt Bowen's room in Bongiorno. <laughs> he, gave him extra, he gave him extra cold AC. <laughs> so, every, so, you know, I had this theory that Matt used to make us do things to get fined so that his building would get upgraded. <laughs> I mean, like, it's not... I, it's not a terrible theory. <laughs> Think about it. Think about it. It'd be like, you know, Hat got in trouble for, you know, skipping chapel. <laughs> Matt got his room painted. <laughs> <laughs> like, real, realistically, though, like, okay, so there's what? At the time, maybe 850 students? If that. If that. Yeah. Okay, let's let's go lower. Let's say 600 students, right? What was it like? Twenty thousand a year. When we, yeah, when yeah, so, when we left, it was that. Yeah, when I left, it was like for me to finish off what I wanted to do, I was going to be like owing a lot of money. Yeah, it was so, like in the twenties. Yeah, I think it was twenty. Like we'll just say twenty thousand. Let's say you got six hundred students. What is that like? Twelve million bucks a year, right there. Just just in and. and 
if you need to tell me you can't afford to keep that campus up and running 12 mil a year. I'm sure they got grants and everything too on top of it, but you still need to find your poor college students 10, 20 bucks because their books were on the, their bed. <laughs> oh, I tell or, you. Or they skipped 16 chapels instead of 15 in a semester. Like, it's just crazy. You know, the, 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 when we all went there, the judge of what a Christian was, right, was that kind of, oh, what's the word, like that kind of uh, like standards or, or they would put like weird rules into place, right? Like, so that was assembly of God. Like I grew up like that. And even after I left and went back to assembly of God, that was like their standard of like suffering, you know, like you would have the above the most craziest rules. And they'd be like, well, that's what a true believer does. You know, it's <laughs> you skip chapel. So you get $15 fine, you know? So it's like, and you won't do it again. You know, it's like, ah, I'm going to do it again. Cause now I'm pissed. So, right. But yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a, I don't know how they are now, to be honest with you. I haven't, I don't know if they're still doing that. I think I heard the whole like t-shirt logo thing was, has, I think that passed, right? They like oh, allow yeah, their kids. I, dude, I forget about that. You couldn't wear like t-shirts with, if you had a t-shirt, it had to be just plain t-shirt. Yeah. I, I forgot about that too. Could you wear, I don't even remember. Could you wear jeans? I, so when we all uh, yeah so when we all went that was when like ripped jeans were like really cool remember like you yeah. would like you could buy jeans that had like no fabric on them you'd be like the coolest person around like you were like oh you spent a lot of money on this but uh i remember i wore those i used to have a bunch of them and i got fined for those walking it's, in the chapel but i think you could wear solid like you could wear regular blue jeans yeah it's just yeah. crazy no, <laughs> some crazy. of the yeah some some of the stuff is like like I said, it was an old way of thinking how to shape shape a person. It right. was an old old school way, I think. So, right. But uh, yeah, the fine, and I think I still owe money. I so. and I honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if the majority of us owe some type of late fee or missed chapel fee or whatever. Well, but I, I mean, I, you talk about the finding thing. Like, I don't mean to cut you off, but did, did I ever tell you the story that I left and wanted to transfer to? community college down here right to get some bs classes out of the way right and uh they would not give me my transcripts for like because of a 20 dollar chapel fine and i remember like how embarrassing it was to like walk into my community college and be like yeah they won't give us it because you owe the money 20 dollar fine for chapel like they told them like it was like a shaming thing like you tell him you owe us money because he broke the rules i remember i had to drive all the way up there and pay them $20 for them. They wouldn't do it, do it over the phone. And they made me meet with that lady, the new lady. Uh, Duncan. We talked about her. Jenny Duncan. Like blonde, yeah. And yeah. They, I think they, I think that's who it was. And they, and she made me meet with her. Like I had to drive an hour and 45 minutes up to Valley <laughs> Forge to give like $20 to get my transcript and meet with her about, well, why do you want to leave? Well, because it's a state Oh, because it's fucking bullshit. Like, I'm gonna, say, <laughs> I'm gonna drop out first F word, dropping it. All right, like, because it was that, dude. Like, it was like that BS bullshit that you would have to deal with. Like, 20 bucks, you embarrassed me at my local college. Like, and told them, like, he skipped chapel. I remember the um, the administrator uh, at the, the local college was like, What's chapel? And why are you being like, why are you being fined? And they won't give us your transcripts. I'm like, It was this thing they made us go to every day of the week. So, 
Valley Forge doesn't have PayPal or something, you couldn't just like <laughs> like send them the twenty bucks. That's insane. Well, it was like I said, it was, I think it was a ploy to get me up there to be like, well, if you come back, they wanted me to come back. I didn't want to. It was like a why are you leaving us meeting, which was weird. So I can't remember. I, I wish I wish he was on right now so I could ask him. I'm gonna get the story wrong, but this is within like the last two or three years i think francis got one of two things he either got a like a check from valley forge of like because he overpaid or he got a bill because he owed still but it was like literally like a dollar something and they took the time to write out this thing like i don't like it was either like i said it was either like a a refund check like oh hey you paid a dollar over or it was, hey, you still owe us a dollar and thirty-seven cents for whatever. I don't remember which one it is, but it's insane, absolutely insane. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I can I can say like, oh, we could go on for hours about that. The the fining and the billing. I think I told you guys on our first Zoom call that it was probably like two years after I was done. I actually had a I had to have a phone meeting because I started getting. Um, bills for a semester that I never attended there from financial aid. And I remember calling, I'm like, yeah, I never attended there. It was, um, it was my last year. I stayed, what was the dorm up front? Like when you first pulled in the front of the building, what was that called? Uh, to the right, like if you're pulling into the right. Yeah, it was, it was on the right. Yeah. Um, so I want to say it starts with a B, but I could be wrong. Beisel maybe it's a Beisel. Or was the guys of the girls one? Right, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I was up front there, and uh, I was only there. I think it was the fall semester. And I left again. Remember, I like I left, came back, and uh, I never. But I guess because of how you apply for financial aid, it comes through through the year for the both semesters. They actually took that money and spent it. <laughs> and the argument on the phone was, you didn't claim it, so we thought it was a gift. And I was like, excuse, like, what was a semester? Like 10 grand, right? Right, right. A 10 grand gift from a kid that was like, it, like 40 something or more. Oh, definitely more than that. In debt with them. Right. And uh, I was like, and I remember the, the, um, the fast lady who called me because I got, I had like an account representative was like, this is fraud. You did have no proof that he signed that money over, and they had to like sign them. It was like this big ordeal to get it cleared from my credit. Yeah, it was a big thing. Yeah, dude, that's insane. Oh, yeah, you, you never called us. <laughs> we took it. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, we could, like you said, we could go on for hours, and, and yeah, dude. you know, I don't want to, I don't want to set the tone that we're going to be nonstop complaining about the school. Uh, there's a lot to complain about, and I'm sure that theme will continue as we go, but there's also a lot of positive things. Um, not so much with the school itself, but with the people at the school. <laughs> so, uh, with that, let's, let's get into some questions from some of those people. Um, I got quite a few questions here. So these, uh, here's a series of questions that are coming from big daddy. Uh, first question is he wants to know how the home remodels going. Okay. Uh, it is going slow. I could show you, I could walk you around the house right now and show you. So we, uh, big daddy is going good. Um, 
about a year ago, we decided we bought the house last year, and uh, my wife is full-blooded Italian. So when she wants something, she gets it. You get what I'm saying? She's four eleven, full-blooded Italian, and she can whoop my ass. Like, dude, real quick, she—I don't know how your wife is, but she, my wife is like knows how to kick me to where it doesn't leave bruises, but I can't breathe. She's good. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just joking. Domestic violence is funny. Uh, but, <laughs> um, but so, yeah, no, last year, around April of last year, my wife, we were, had been talking about remodeling, and uh, I had a hatchet sitting on the countertop, and she took the hatchet and shoved it and, like, smacked it into the wall. Like, right next to an electric outlet, it was, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, you're going to blow yourself up. It's like, I want this wall gone, funk, and that's how we kind of started the remake. So, yeah, we took out, like, uh, we opened the house up pretty big by, like, a like a 10 by 20 area. It was uh, a 10 by, like, 20 area was all storage. The original owners, it was just a storage unit, like, on the house, which was cool. But, uh, yeah, we got that done. We painted it. And we're doing flooring right now. We're like halfway done installing flooring. So it's it's slowly going. And I think I've seen Big Daddy do a lot of work on his house on Facebook. So he knows what I'm talking about. It's uh, I work with my hands all day. The last thing I want to do and come home is after manual labor all day is come home and do more manual labor. So it kind of gets pushed off to the weekend. So Sure, sure. But uh, yeah, it's moving slowly but surely. It's moving. Nice. Uh, his next question uh, is a, a two-parter. He asks if you're still in ministry, which you've, you've talked about how you're not in ministry anymore. And the second part of it is, um, do you still play guitar a good bit? So, yes, I'm not in ministry anymore. Haven't been in ministry. So that's kind of weird how to say how long I've been. So it's been probably about five years since I've been a youth pastor or done anything in, in youth. Uh, it's been about a year since I'd done anything in a ministry. So uh, me and my buddies thought, uh, this because, you know, Big Daddy asked it, but uh, me and my buddies thought it'd be good to start a ministry with the, together. And uh, I will say I learned the hard way, and we all did, that, like, you ever hear, don't go into business with your friends? <laughs> well, don't start a ministry with your friends, because it was like, we all have ADD and it was like trying to herd cats. Like we could not fucking do anything. We couldn't push anything out. Our whole ministry mindset was uh, we were going to go out and we were done seeing churches be bloated and pastors with bloated salaries. And this, that's no offense to any, anybody, you know, in the 24 down, who's a pastor. That's not what I'm trying to say. Um, this was personally what we had dealt with within our church, within our, in our area. So uh, we did, we decided we were going to start this ministry called Dare to Unite. We were going to unite people. And we started doing a couple of things, but quickly learned that because when you're with your boys, you're like, hey, we really should work on our you know, missions and goals and or we could play Call of Duty. It's <laughs> like, oh, let's play Call of Duty. It's like, and, uh, or hey, we should be sitting down and planning out our next event. And it's like, or we should have a bonfire. And it's, so uh, needless to say, it lasted about a year and a half. And then we all met together. And I was like, all right, you know, I had to pull the trigger. And they all kind of met. We ended it. So uh, guitar, I stopped and then picked up. I play here and there. I still play. Uh, just not as much as I used to now. Okay. All right. Um, so the next question is, tell us something about you we may not have known about you in college. 
Ah, jeez. Y'all know I had diabetes. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. y'all. Yeah, listen, I still got scars in my back from you guys knowing I had diabetes. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, it's that's kind of weird. That's a weird question. Like, is he meant to, to be a joke? Like, <laughs> or serious? Like, how deep did he want me to go? But uh, something you you guys didn't know about me. Um, I really don't think there's much. I was I was I was a, basically an open book to you guys. There wasn't much uh, that I hid or didn't do around you. Besides, and uh, I heard you bring it up, like. Besides the smoking thing, like I smoked, I still now like I agree with you. I don't, I can't pinpoint when we kind of teamed up. Um, but like I think that was the only thing I really hid from a a lot of people. So I think okay, I'm trying now again. My time frame is all messed up. So oh, mine is too, man. Uh, I think I started smoking when I was twenty. Four, I want to say so that would have been in maybe 23 so it would have been 2007 and so I, honestly like when I first started smoking it probably wasn't long after that before I and I might have even known that you'd smoked and so maybe it was like one of those things where I came up and was like hey uh, let's go for a second. <laughs> like I don't I don't remember oh, I don't yeah. I don't remember how, how it happened, but dude, that was, again, so you, I mean, you talk about just like memories that have no, like nothing tied to them. Dude, some of my best memories was like you and I just taking a drive off campus to have a cigarette. Cause it, it like as goofy as it was, like, I mean, we had, we had good conversation while we did it. Uh, it, it built our friendship a lot. Um, and you know, whatever. And, and I remember when you were gone for a while, or maybe you'd graduated or been just gone for good or whatever, but you'd still come back here and there and like go for it because you were still in the area, right? You were working in contract. Yeah. I was working in contract. So, I mean, that was like, that would brighten my day. I'd get a text from James. Hey, I'll be there in like 10 minutes. You want to go for a ride, which meant, (laughs) Hey, let's go smoke a cigarette. (laughs) And just the smallest little things like that, you know, definitely brighten my day. So, I just remember, like, one of my favorite memories that was, like, I would pull up on the end of the parking lot because what your room, 117, was at the end. And, like, yep. I'd pull up, and all of a sudden you would see the curtain go, like a, like a, like a dog, like, waiting for its owner to show up. Like, <laughs> one out to the car and be like, we'll be right back. Um, you know, it's not like, uh, you know, just to get, get back on what Rick said, you know, I don't know there was much because I couldn't hide much. Like, you guys knew I had uh, – what was it? I had nerve damage. Like, I, I think you guys all knew that. That's why, like, I walked funny for a little bit there. And uh, I don't really think there was much. The only thing I could think is that uh, when I was, like, 19, I don't know if you guys knew this, they tried to put me on, like, disability. Like, and told me, like, oh, you, you, you're not going to be able to work. You're not going to be able to walk. Not walk as in paralyzed, but like it's gonna hurt too much to walk. You should just give up and go on disability at like 19. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not like at 19, I'm like, I'm not gonna, you know, at that point, disability to me was like I had saw people that were like in chairs who couldn't walk. And I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna do that. So I think that's might have been the only thing. Okay. I don't know. Maybe I should have did it. I could have been sitting at home, right, I was just gonna... a free paycheck. 
As I was going to say, do you regret not taking it now? <laughs> Man, now, yeah. Different times now. Yeah. All right. So Big Daddy's last, last question is, and this seems to be a theme that he's been asking everybody, is what, what's your favorite Big Daddy memory? All right. So now that we're on the Big Daddy subject, I, I during his podcast, I heard him bring it up. I think it was like our second, your second Zoom. It was just the first one that everyone was on. And he was like, oh, my roommate, James. I've roomed with James. And uh, so that's, I'm going to bring that up too, the why he thinks I've roomed with him. But um, so favorite Big Daddy moment was not when I gave him the name. Because I don't, I remember giving him the name. But when he tells a story, he said, like, I stepped to him. First off, I would never. <laughs> Dad, listen. He might be happy. You ever see him on Facebook during Christmas? He is Santa Claus on steroids. He will fucking rip me in half, dude. Like it would be like, oh, you piece of shit, and like and throw me off the side. I was like, and I mean, I have a little weight on me now, but back then I must have been like 125 pounds soaking wet, you know. Like he, his one arm weighed as much as me, and uh, so. But I remember giving him the name. But my favorite moment was, and he might remember this was, he lived next door to me and my roommate. We were in 24 down and we decided to go to remember that super Walmart that was like really far away. It was like almost 40 minutes away. We would, I feel was, like we went to, okay. Went was to this, a I think if, if, if it's the one I remember, it's the one that, uh, that when they first built a Sonic in the area, it was like 40 minutes away, right in front of that Walmart. Right. Yep. Okay. Yep. yep. So me my roommate Noah and Big Daddy decide that we're going to go to Walmart. And I remember dry, I, someone was driving and I was like, we should go to Wawa. And Noah, who was a Jersey kid, was like, yeah, we should go to Wawa. I was like, yeah, let's find a Wawa. And, you know, Rick and his, his Southern accent, you know, his, you know and uh, he was like, what's a Wawa? Stop acting like a child. Like, right? And I like that Big Daddy voice. I remember being like, I'm scared to tell him that it's a real – like freaking thing like it's like wawa's real and he was like what's a wawa stop acting like a child like you know and i was like oh and i remember just like i think i shit myself like the slightest bit like and uh i think i'd like just made up a story like oh my blood sugar is low let's go somewhere but uh um but yeah that was one of my favorite like my favorite moment because that was like deep big daddy voice right and then we were like here's a wawa and he's like oh this place is wonderful you know and uh and he used to do this thing. We used to drive together. Like this was our first semester. I don't know if he remembers this, but he used to sit in the car in that deep voice of his and be like, home, James. And he'd be like, you're like my uh, chauffeur, like home, James. And that used to, that used to make me like, that's that, that stuff is like big daddy. To me. Like that's what's funny. To me. But I, st- I think, I feel like I gave him the name because he wore a shirt that said it, but <laughs> I could be mistaken. So. All right. Well, speaking of, uh, Speaking of roommates, let's let's move to some some other questions. These come from Matt Matias here. Um, he wants to know how long it took to build that pontoon. Um, that that the pontoon. He's talking about my redneck pontoon in the backyard. Uh, that took us like between me and my two buddies three or three 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 four weekends to build. Yeah. We did it on the weekends. Um, it was it was a cool thing. I I always wanted to build like a a dock that you could hook a motor to and drive, 
like it's it doubles it's like a dock right now that you can sit and have a beer and sit out there or you can hook a motor to it and go take it out fishing so um you know i'm i work with my hands to build here build there and uh, my buddy's a like a custom wood maker so he got to, he got it and then his brother who we're friends with is an engineer so they engineered it so that you know we could put like 10 big daddies on it and it will not sink like so <laughs> and uh, it will still move around the lake and still go fishing off and so, yeah it took about like yeah like four weekends i'll say to, to like mill all the wood and build it all yeah nice all right so his next question is uh he wants to know what your favorite sugary treat to just barely cheat death with death with so it used to be gushers but now have you seen those commercials for the black forest gummies it's no. so juicy yeah it's so juicy yeah you never you haven't seen this <laughs> no. i don't know if that's like a jersey thing but these are like <laughs> they're black forest gummies they're the, the most best i'll eat like a whole pack and like be just sitting there on my insulin pump my insulin pump will be like smoking and i like my wife's like yo dude you had enough i'm like nah nah, nah. like dee, 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 dee. <laughs> that's awesome all right so his uh his last one is he wants to know your favorite Rumi Matias moment. Rumi Matias moment. So, you know, the, the truth about uh, Matias was when I first came back down to 24 Down, I don't know if anyone knows this, but I wasn't supposed to room with them. I was actually rooming with Gene. Okay. And Gene might be able to fill you in on more, but all I remember was – Gene wanted somebody to move into his room and, and I think Matt didn't have someone. And that's how, like, I remember like coming into like Matt's room and the only, I, my first impression of Matt prior to that was that he cut hair. That was it. That's like all I knew about him. Didn't know much about him. You know, I'm walking into his room and I just remember he was like, uh, he had taken the beds apart and like, put the bed underneath his like so it was like this little cave for me and he was like uh so like matt had a way of telling you something like you knew that was like that was it like he would be like so that's your bed and i was like <laughs> in his voice like i'd be like i'm not changing his mind that's my bed yes yeah, so. <laughs> and uh dude what like what a crazy awesome like like first you know i knew gene and it was like, okay, cool. I'm going to move. I'm going to be rooming with Gene, but I forget what it was. Like it was like a friend or somebody. I forget who was wanted to room. And then he came, and I remember Gene came to me like, kind of like, uh, this is weird. I was like, nah, this is cool. You know? So, uh, but what a crazy, like awesome thing to happen. Like, cause me and Matt, now me and Matt, like we kind of lost touch, you know, like every year or so I would send him a text um after he got married i didn't really talk to him that much but matt's one of those guys that i know if i can call him up he does he knows me to a t like and if i call him up and i'm in something or i need advice he will be right there he'll give me the advice no problem so it was like it was it was cool how it ended up working out but my favorite uh matt moment was uh he used to get like all because i heard him talk about it like i would walk in from work and i was this thing it was like underwear was like the most comfortable thing i mean i wasn't as crazy as you healing and around the halls naked but you know like i came home from work i was like pants off right like and like i remember he would be talking and he would he would turn around he'd be like dude what are you like what are you doing bro i'm like what like we roomed together and uh, he used to wait for me to take my insulin shot and uh we would watch family guy we would but uh one of the best things was 
Matt never gave up. One of my favorite things about Matt was Matt knew I smoked before anybody knew. And he never once like threw me under the bus or anything like that. But favorite um, Matt moment was him trying to get me into uh, Dragon Ball Z. And I just couldn't do it, dude. I like he would, we would have it set up to where we would lay in bed and like one of our computer screens would be turned to us. He would have me watch these Dragon Ball Z cartoons and, or what are they called? Anime? Yeah. Is that what they got? Yeah, yeah. And I don't know, he would have like anime porn all over the room. <laughs> I mean, it was like, it started getting like real awkward and, you know, like, then he started asking me to, to join in and I'm just joking. But, but uh, like, yeah, we, you know what? Desmentia's moment was a mall. He used to cut everyone's hair. I think we got along. I don't think we ever argued rooming together. Um, if I did step out of line and he had to put me back in line, I, I'm sure that's happened a couple of times. Uh, he definitely, uh, I would listen to him. So for sure. I mean, the way he is, like you said, he, Matisse is, he's not a big guy that doesn't take anything away from the kid's power because he's super like, he's a strong motherfucker, but he's not a big guy. So like surface, like just on the surface, you look at him and he shouldn't be intimidating, but he had that sternness in a polite way of where, like you said, if, if he said, this is how, this is what's happening. You just be like, all right, that's what's happening. I've, I'm not going to argue with you, you know? <laughs> you can't do homework right now. I'm cutting hair. Yes, sir. And like, leave. <laughs> my, funny, my funny thing is, is I th- I'm sure he'll remember this. So he would really, like, get on me about, like, smoking. Because I, I worked at Iron Hill, and that's when I started. And he would really get on me. And I remember he came to me once, and he was like, my uncle sells these pens that are supposed to help you quit smoking right it was the vape pens but back when they first came out so like i and i did not buy one and i'm so glad because he would have gave me that popcorn lung or whatever like i was like an inch away from him giving me like years later i would have had a lung transplant so it's all on Matt's fault you know but uh no i just remember him trying to he he was good like i said dude i can't say enough about the man he was uh he's got a good heart you know and i know that he said he went through some stuff but he I know he's the type of person that could bounce back real quick. So, and uh, you can see that he's got kid now, you know, like he's a little Maddie all grown up. Well, that was, that was crazy to me too. Like on, on this episode when he's saying, like he's thanking all of us for accepting him back. And it's like, none of us would, would have like, <laughs> none of us would have shunned you. Like we all, you know, everybody loves that guy, you know, for sure. Like we, First, like you said, I think the the best way to describe him in, in, in one word, if I did like describe Matias in one word, is is loyal. Like he's just so loyal, you know. Yeah. So that's awesome. So, uh, so next question is from a fellow Jerseyan. Is that how, is that what you guys say, Jerseyans? He's from a different state. He's what? not. He's not. He's Matt. Is you going to talk about Matt? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. He's from a different state. All right. Well, Bowden wants to know. Yeah. <laughs> he says, your nickname is Crazy Legs. Let us know how you got that. All right. So I will 100% admit that I cheated on this. I text him. I was like, <laughs> D- you gave me that name, right? And he's like, yup. <laughs> so I think he gave me that name because, well, like, so 
back then I just had gotten the nerve damage, right. In my, in my, in my legs and feet and my legs used to shake because they weren't like strong. That it was like rebuilding themselves. And I think I used to stop and I used to shake my legs like, woo, like a dance. And he would call, call me crazy legs Majeski. So yeah, he <laughs> did give me that. My, you know, you know, we're on that. And, uh, I did, I did have some, like, like I had stuff written down about everyone, but like you said, there, there's so many more times, opportunities we can do it. You know, I don't want to be on for three hours just saying all the crazy stories, but hey, do your I, thing, man. so, uh, but I have this, I, I'm, I, I hope he remembers it. So Matt and me used to hang out with a guy. Now I probably hung out with him more was this guy named Steve Anderson. He was a security guard. I don't know if you remember. He was like a short, kind of heavy set dude. He had a like a red beard. Okay. Um, and uh, he was like our age. He was a student who did security. And uh, I think that's actually how I met Matt. But one night, this guy Steve calls me up and says, "Yo, I'm on patrol. Can you come help me? I just got this weird call, right?" And he sets up this whole scenario, and uh, he picks me up takes me to the back of campus and proceeds to open up this dumpster. He goes, yeah, somebody told me of this weird dumping. Somebody just dumped something in this dumpster and that's weird. We got to go check it out. Right. So we lift it up and it is literally a mutilated bloody corpse. Like, but it was when you're, so when I was like, I think I was like 18, 19, you know, like I didn't know it was an animal, right? Somebody had disposed of their like deer carcass. But for me, I'm seeing bone, muscle tissue, blood, an eye, right? And I remember I was like, what the fuck? I was like, holy shit, we got to get out of here. We got to call the cops. And Steve's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. And I'm like grabbing, like I didn't have a cell phone. So I'm going to run, I'm running this in the security car to grab the radio <laughs> to be like, call the cops, call like everyone, call like the FBI. There's a dead body <laughs> on the fucking campus of Valley Forge Christian College. Like, of all places to dump a, a body, dude. And uh, so he ends up telling me, right, because I'm freaking out. Like, I'm about to throw up. And we end up doing it to Matt. We end up picking Matt up and bringing him to the back, doing the whole story all over again. I forget what Matt does. I think Matt points at it, and it's uh, – if you ever seen, like, a deer, right, like, their back, like, they have, like, what looks like a knee. Uh, <laughs> it's in the back. It's in the back. But anyway, so Matt looks at it and goes, that's its knee. And Matt starts like I think he started throwing up, dude. Like it was weird, but uh, yeah, Matt. Matt was uh, I had some fun times with Matt. Me, Matt's the type of person, right? So me and him both passed. Uh, he still is, you know. He he he's doing a great job up at up at his church, but so I went. I would see him like once a year, like when I was a youth pastor, and he was one of those friends. That I went and talked to him for a year, and then we would see each other, and we would be joking and laughing. And coming up with old memories from from college days, like we used to sit in chapel and be like, they would like sing this one song, and I forget what we did, but uh, you know, it's funny. It's like I'm like before this meeting, I'm like, should I edit names? Because you know, some of these guys are you know pastors of churches, dude. You know, so I mean, they were 18 when we did some of the stupid stuff, but uh, um, but we used to sing like hallelujah and we would give each other the middle finger <laughs> like in the middle of chapel. And I remember like we were dude, yeah, we used to do stupid stuff like that. But uh and me and Matt used to pretend like we knew what we were each other. We would go up to I don't know if you remember that we used to say yo to each other, like yo, yo. 
and we would yeah. sit there and act like we knew what each other was saying. We did it. We did it. We would just <laughs> we would blatantly point at something and be like, like point at you, like yo, yeah. It was, but we I had a lot of fun with Matt. That's awesome. Yeah, Matt's Matt's a great guy too. Um, all right, let's see. We got uh this one's from Francis. He he just wants to know why you are the way that you are. <laughs> if I know Francis, that's an office quote. And I Is it? To, yeah, it's an office quote. Yeah. Okay. Every time I try to do something, or what is it? Every time I try to do something, you come in and just ruin it, or something. Uh, it's Michael Scott talking to Toby. I'm sure he he'll appreciate that. So why am I the way that I am? So I saw that question, and I actually had an answer for it. It's because of all of you assholes. <laughs> <laughs> like. <laughs> Like my my wife will my wife will talk to me like at what point did sarcasm like enter your life? And I was like, two thousand seven. <laughs> like I can like I, like the year that will go down in infamy as the year that I had just fell away. Like I used to be like I used to be a quiet kid. Like you you hit the uh, nail on the head there. You're like oh, I was a quiet kid until you get to know me. Then I'll shut the hell up. And uh, why am I the way that I am? Uh, you all were healthy ass motherfuckers, and I <laughs> had so much shit wrong with me. I had to have the toughest skin ever. While everyone was like running and playing intramural sports, I was limping my ass to the gym to try to even see. Like by the time I got there, you guys were already leaving. I was like, "That shit sucks." Like, <laughs> I couldn't even run with the flag that got burned. I just I wasn't fast enough. <laughs> so, oh my god. No. <laughs> You know, it's fun. I think I try to think back with Eugene and Francis, and uh, I know that we did a lot of stuff together. Some stories, like I feel like after listening to these these podcasts, like you, like Derek's, uh, I mean D Shats, not Derek's D Shats, and all that. But uh, um, I, I some of the stories either had been told to me or that I was like just always in the background of things happening. Like, I just feel like, like, I, I don't know. I, I know that, uh, I know that Gene stayed in my room upstairs a couple, like for a week or two. I had this single, single room upstairs. I know he stayed up there, but, uh, not two, two good guys though. Two good guys. Yeah. I mean, like I said, when I previously, I, when, um, when I left Valley Forge, I moved back to Michigan. I was back here for six months and probably the darkest six months of my life. And it got to the point where I was like, I got to go. I got to, like, I've got a job back in Pennsylvania. I've got friends back in Pennsylvania. Like, maybe I just need to go back. And I went back and literally, like, the, those next three and a half years, I spent the majority of my time hanging out with the two of them. So, yeah, I mean, I can't say enough good things about them as well. So, all right. So, uh, this next question is from D Shat. Um, and he labels it Crazy Legs Question. Um, <laughs> He wants to know what your all-time favorite TV show is. And then he says he'll never forget that you introduced him to his personal favorite show of all time, Scrubs. Yeah. Yeah, that's when he lived upstairs. I, yeah, that's, he lived at the end of the hall. And Scrubs used to come on at, like, reruns because back then it was still in the air. Okay. The reruns used to come on, like, the CSW or something at, like, if one of the free bunny ear channels you could get used to come on at like 11 o'clock at night. And I, it, we used to watch it together. Yeah. Um, what is my favorite show? Uh, I'll give them scrubs is one of my favorites, but the all time favorites, I'm going to have to go with uh, 
Francis and the office is one of my favorites. I mean, dude, when I tell you that it's the office or parks and rec play constantly in the background of my house, that's all that really plays. Yeah. <laughs> so. Nice. All right. So this one is from uh, junior. He says, uh, growing up, he wants to know who slept on the top bunk at, at home. You as the big brother or Mikey Edwards as the little brother. <laughs> when all that shit was going around i was like why the hell did i ask who he was like i ever you ever just like regret you wish you could pull something back i'm like i wish i'd go back in time and never ask who mike was first off he was on the top that's how <laughs> that's how he is missing his two front teeth all right and uh you know insurance wasn't good back then or maybe even still now for him i don't know i lost kind of lost touch with him uh over the past couple of years uh he always had this whistle when he talked it kind of got on my nerves and uh good old uh you know professor don <laughs> he kind of he kind of you know he he was an absent father he was running a college and uh you know he 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 was tough on both of us but uh you know he never he he told mikey that you know god doesn't care about looks and uh, so that's why he's always whistling Dixie down the road. And uh, <laughs> sure. dude, when those pictures are going around, I was like, I must have been cracking up and like peeing myself in the middle of work. And people are like, what's so funny? And I'm like, they're telling me this dude is like my brother. And they're like, dude, it looks like him. Uh, yeah, it was, and then uh, the whole good old Professor Don, Don Myers or whatever. So, yeah. so for those of you, I guess, who who don't know, there is recently this this joke that kind of went around that James and Mikey Edwards are long lost brothers because if you put them picture like side by side, they definitely have some similarities. And then I don't know where it came from, but somehow somehow it evolved into Don Myers was the father. <laughs> so that's that's, I guess, Don. that's pretty much the premise of the joke. There's a great picture out there. Um, message me if you want to see it because I've got it. There's a picture of uh, the two of them together with Father Don, I think, right the in call the middle. Of, the Call of Duty. The yeah. Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah. Dude, right, so. I can, like, he's a, he, listen, I remember him, uh, what is it, Mikey, like, when we were in college, I remember, he, did, he used to announce all the sports, right, and be, like, yep. really hyperactive, and he would have that big coffee mug. And uh, I can just say <laughs> that he would have never lasted a day in our group. In twenty four down. Oh no, dude, he would have. Not for not for like sake of like we would have been intentionally like mean to him, but like everybody picked on each other, everybody busted each other's balls, and yeah, I don't know, I don't know if he would have been able to handle that either. <laughs> it's interesting to think about, though. <laughs> so uh, another another fellow Jersey in here. Um, is this is from Colleen? She says, looking back on your time with Twenty Four Down, do you have any regrets or things you wish you did with them more, or things you wish you had the chance to do but did not do? It's a loaded question there. Very deep. <laughs> very, very deep question. Colleen always she, she's she's your typical like South Jersey chick. She will tell you to f off with a marble one hundred out of her mouth. I know that right now. Like she is like she's your typical South Jersey tough chick, you know. Uh, you know, mother and uh, and uh, but like if you like you know if you come to come to Jersey, you realize that like 
like Colleen, that's like, that's like a Jersey question. The women are tough, but they're soft at heart. And uh, so it's kind of was like, I saw that on Facebook. It was kind of like a long question. I was like trying to figure out how to answer it. So some of the things I wish, you know, do I really look back and regret on it? You know, what do I really regret? I don't really regret much. Maybe being more involved in some of the fun. Um, You know, when you guys would, would do the wrestling videos or you guys were doing whatever there, there was a, there was a bunch of videos you guys used to do, right. Maybe being a little bit more involved in that, but um, I'm, I'm a big believer on things that you did definitely affect your future. Right. And there's four reasons. So you can't look back. Right. So I can't go back now and be, you know, crazy like Majeski wrestler, you know, just can't. But however, I can laugh in the fact and enjoy the fact that those videos are around. And if I do a 24 down shirt on on YouTube, some videos pop up, right? Um, maybe not conscious. So, and I, I think some of some of the AG, like if you grew up in AG, you understand it. So one of the big things was like during your college career, and this is what it kind of goes back to uh, what we were talking about before about like sacrifice proves your you know builds a better character for christian for, for being a christian and suddenly god and uh so like when i was not if i had some fun with you guys majority of my time and you might have realized this like i was either at a church working so most of my like i think my first year before we even hung out like when i wasn't at school i had my time at school but most of my summer most of my random moments were at a church doing something interning um i don't regret it but like i think when we really kind of got together i was really involved in with jacob and we mean like me and jacob did a lot together like we traveled i loved every moment of it i'm not saying i regret that but maybe you ever you know like what i know now i wish i knew then and uh, maybe taking a step back and actually enjoying some of my youth instead of worrying about interning and worrying about working at a church because that's what I was supposed to do and kind of sitting back and enjoying a little bit of my youth would have been kind of nice in the college days because where you guys might have been off, um, you know, doing something, maybe that's why two months later I slid it down a hill and blacked out. <laughs> so, you know, I wasn't practicing, but you get what I'm saying. So it's like, do I, do I regret it? now? If I could go back and change it, I probably wouldn't because a lot of the stuff that I did as a kid shaped me for more of my adulthood, you know? So, um, but like the question she gave, like I, when she, when I saw it online, I was like, that's, that's your typical Jersey question right there. Like you can go, I can go on for hours about that kind of question. And uh, it's a deep, and that's kind of like how she was. She would be loud and uh, you know, but she, she, she had a big heart. Oh, for sure. Do one of the, one of the funniest moments of the zoom calls that we've done is just the constant like <laughs> us, uh, us giving her shit about being so loud on Zoom. <laughs> One of the favorite moment is like, and it was funny because I heard Matt bring it up. Me and Matt got back to school early for some reason one semester, and we are literally talking to her 
Because remember, you, you remember, like, I, like I hope she'll get mad at me, but you had to invite her to Wawa. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. We all learned that. Though. <laughs> we all learned that real quick. If you didn't invite her to Wawa, you got you got your hoagie shoved up your ass. <laughs> like, <laughs> and uh, but um, I remember me and Matt invited her to Wawa, and like Matt's like, yo, like. It's just loud Jersey people being loud. And he's like, yo, like, where are you? Like, we've been waiting. And she's like, I'll come again. Like this real loud pitch. And me and Matt for years, and even to the last Zoom call we had, Matt was like, I'm walking down the hall. It was, just, it was like a Colleen, like, funny moment. And, you know, it's her too, dude. Like, you know, I, I really regret losing contact with her because she's really only, I think she's like 25, 30 minutes away from me. And, uh, and then like, like two or three towns over. And, uh, I'd love to have her like over with her kid over. And, uh, but, uh, um, hopefully when there's all this craziness ends, but, um, she, yeah, she was cool. She was, she was definitely, didn't we used to call her like the mom of, was that her or was that Raven? No, well, I think. I don't remember. I maybe both, honestly. But there was kind of weird because you and Andrew dated her. So you <laughs> dated the mom of Twenty Four Down, like uh, you know, we were, where there's the fathers of Twenty Four Down or stepfathers. <laughs> <laughs> My own grandpa. <laughs> oh man. So speaking of uh, the the hill, the ice hill moment. Uh, this next question is from Buddha. And he wants to know what happened to you the night that we went ice sliding and how did you get back to the dorm? So again, may like, maybe that's, I like, I can't even like, I stuttered just even thinking about it. So Buddha was doing his and he was like, so I remember when Majeski blacked out and like came. And what I remember is that it was definitely an icy time. I remember that. We were back in that, wasn't it? What would you call that in the back of campus? What, what did we call that? It was like a well, it was a park, it, right? So we we did it. It wasn't even at the park portion of it. We did it like, you know, the back entrance of campus. Yeah. It was like right next to that that road there. So we weren't like off like near the soccer fields over in the park area. We were literally just a few feet away from the like street that you would come in the back of campus off. See, yeah, see, I'm trying to, I just remember, so what I can remember from it is I came to and no one was around. And I was like, (laughs) again, that's why I wasn't in any of the intramural sports. And when I was, they benched me. (laughs) I'm not too spry. Uh, But uh, I just remember coming to, and I remember actually, like, I feel like I came out of the woods and found you guys and i was like like yo like like, and you're like oh it's been like an hour and a half and i was like laying in the snow and i think i was like someone i i don't remember dude it was like so long ago but i remember someone being like you're freezing so i i feel like i found you guys so i think like if and this is just all speculation and and me guessing because what i remember is we were going down this hill because it was like it had snowed and then it had just lightly rained, lightly enough to not melt the snow, but it was cold enough then to just completely freeze that rain over the already lit. Like, so it was like the perfect scenario for you to have this like thick ice and like the snow underneath was keeping it cool. It wasn't going to melt, whatever. And so we went back and we were as a group just sliding down the hill, sliding down the hill. So m- speculation is just, is just what I'm guessing is 
we were because we went down a few times. So maybe like one of the times we're like, oh, let's all go back up. And we walked up the hill thinking we're going to go back down and got distracted by whatever else and then just went on our way, not knowing that like you weren't with you, us. But you I guys left not, a token diabetic behind. <laughs> but I do kind of remember now that you say like being over in like the woods area. So we must have like left that area and like started walking towards those like the soccer fields or all those whatever, like the more park area. Because I do kind of remember you, like, finding us. Emerging. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Um, you, another another Buddha question, unless you got anything else you want to say on the, the ice sliding hill story. <laughs> no. um, another one is he uh, he wants to know what your life goals are as of now, and have they changed since Valley Forge? Uh, so, yeah, they uh... – they have definitely dramatically changed since Valley Forge. Um, you know, I kind of heard, you know, Rick's situation with uh, how he was like kind of hurt. You know, he got, he got kind of hurt with trying to, with the whole interviewing for, for churches. And, you know, I, you know, I could hear in his voice that it was like, he definitely that, you know, had a message for churches that are talking to, especially a couple it's, it's difficult, but I can, I can hear how he was, I believe in what he said was 100% true. So, um, you know, coming out of Valley Forge, I was already had, I had a job with the church. I was working with Jacob. Um, and, uh, that was like, that's what I thought I wanted to do. Um, I'm sure like Matt and Buddha can kind of, you know, any other, I don't know who, who else is like a pastor within the group? Uh, Mike Vieira. was Matias was. Yeah. Mike Vieira, Matt Buddha. Um, I'm sure there's other ones. I mean, well, whether you were D shed's yeah, in ministry, yeah. but so I have a, yeah, me and D, I was texting D shed after his, uh, thing. Um, cause there was actually a, probably if I would have followed it, me and him would have been in doing the same thing. We would have crossed paths again in a school. It would just have been crazy. But uh, so anyone that's been in, it doesn't even have to be a pastoral role. It's leadership or pastoral role. You know, understands that uh, what we used to like to say was um, part-time ministry, full-time art, right? Uh, you would have churches that would hire you as a part-time youth pastor right or a part-time youth leader which was always my fit my favorite thing to, to spin on it like like oh we're gonna make you have all the responsibilities of a youth pastor but we're gonna call you the head youth leader like it was i always whatever uh that's another conversation um for another day but um and so me and me and when i was out of jacob's church and moved on to 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 run into youth ministry here in hamilton me and one of the leaders were talking about that. It was called, you know, part-time ministry, full-time part, because basically you were on paper, you were part-time, right? However, ministry never ended, you know? So like I was a part-time, I was part-time running the youth ministry, right? Well, I still had just as much or more to do, uh, you know, than a part-time guy would. So, you know, there was Thursday night's youth group. There was Friday night's Bible study. There was Sunday morning prayer, Sunday service, Sunday night prayer, Sunday 
in between Sunday afternoon service and Sunday night prayer, there was Sunday Bible study. And then, oh, here comes Tuesday. And now there was Tuesday Bible study. So, and then you would have, and then in the midst of all that, you were trying to, uh, I feel like a lot of us probably came from a solid youth group where a youth leader, youth pastor might've directed us, right? Um, so that's kind of how, where I came from. I, I came from a solid youth group where the youth pastor directed me and I felt like this is what I, this is what I wanted to do. However, uh, later, and it was much later, maybe it, whatever you want to say too late. I don't think it was too late. Like I had said prior, everything happens for a reason. I had learned so much with every church I worked with, every mentor I had. Um, but later I realized that um, I was holding my youth pastor up and wanted to mimic him. So my calling in the youth ministry might have not actually been a calling from God. It might have been a heart calling to mimic a, uh, a man who was in my life who I held to almost like my father's standard. You know, he was there more than my real dad. He did a lot with me. So, you know, a lot of us might have mimicked that, a mirroring of a leader who really invested in us, right? So later in life, I realized that. But um, that whole part-time ministry, full-time heart thing, was it was just – it was tough. It was tough. And you know what I realized after – I think I was with Jacob for three years and I was with youth ministry for, for six here in Hamilton. I freaking hate people. I hate <laughs> them. Fucking, I can't do it, dude. Buddha is literally his name. He is gotta be a saint among Matt. I know Matt. So I feel like, you know, Matt might go home and lift a bunch of weights. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm saying like, you know, me, I know Matthias and Matthias's frustrations from ministry. Mike, I know Mike, not personally, but I remember him being loud. So I'm sure he goes home and Amber does it, right? <laughs> so you get what I'm saying? Like, they will probably be able to kind of play on it. It is very tough. And I think um, somebody hit on it in one of the podcasts where it was like, dude, I would, there wasn't enough I could do. I had a full-time job. Um, one of my biggest things coming into it was after so many times of working in different churches, my mindset was, and this is not what I'm saying is for everybody. I'm not saying that it's for any of our friends who are in pastoral roles. Me personally, I did not care to collect a paycheck from the church. I did not care. That was not my goal. That was not why I went into ministry. It was not for the paycheck, but it also took me many years later after Valley Forge to come to that. Like when you're a kid and you need to pay bills, you need money, right? So a lot of my paycheck when I became a youth pastor, I, I had this crazy like one night in the middle of the night, I had this dream. It's not about the money, right? So I followed my career that I'm doing now, which is in healthcare. And most of the money that it was made from the church, I tried to send a kid to camp. We tried to dump it back into the youth. You know, we taking kids out. Um, it was just my mindset, but I just, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. And literally do one day I was, uh, in a church, um, an assembly God church. And I just remember it was like, there was a lot of weird stuff going on. I'm sure Matt had heard about a lot of the weird stuff about our senior pastor. I remember I just looked up one day and I said, ugh. like, I just like, that was like, you ever have that feel like, ugh. like it was just like, blah. 
And I think I'm kind of on the same page as you. Like I believe 100% everything I believed in when I was 16, 18, 19, 20, 20, you know, through the years. Right. But I just looked at it and I was just like, ugh. like I looked at the pettiness of the people of the church. I looked at the pettiness of pastors that I had dealt with, not saying any of our friends that I had dealt with. And, uh, saw how they would bend God's word or will to match it. And, and really what it came down to was a dollar sign. If the money wasn't there, I saw pastors get up and leave, like just bye. And it was like, well, you said God called you here. Yeah. Well now God's calling me over here, which is fine. I do believe God calls you and moves you to different churches. That's how I went from pastor Jacob into this role. I do believe that I'm not saying I'm not debunking that, but it, like the, you could definitely see when it happens like three or four times and it's all comes down to like, I want a thousand dollars a week, but we can pay you 450 a week. Okay. Bye. You know, like, Oh, never mind. I'm going over here. And, uh, I just became just dull and just like, I, I was getting not fed anymore. Um, there was a lot of weird stuff happening in our church. Our senior pastor decided he was not assembly God anymore. He left. So um, there was a big weird, you know, like the assembly gods who I grew up with, right? District youth director, superintendent was my senior pastor as a child. All these people who knew me as a child, uh, it literally felt like they just washed themselves of me. Like they were like, okay, never mind. We're not going to deal with you anymore. So I was left like by myself in a church that needed answers. And, uh, and I was at a point where I was like, I don't care anymore. Like I was here for the kids, the kids, like our youth group is doing great, but the congregation themselves, I don't know if you ever dealt with that. It was bad. Like it was, sometimes you'd be like, just shake your head. Like, are you being really that petty about this? <laughs> like, but, uh, so, you know, Valley Forge, I was called to be a youth pastor. And then after I, I came to this, I took a, probably about a year or two off. Uh, we didn't attend a church within the area. Um, churches knew who I were in the area, so we didn't want to attend a church in the area that said, oh, hey, you were the guy over at Hampton Assembly. Uh, do you want to do our worship team now? Do you want to, um, do you want to, do, you want to be a youth leader, right? Like I, I didn't want to do any of that. I wanted to reset myself. And I think a lot of the, the guys would understand that, you know, a lot of us who are in leadership positions, sometimes you need to step back. You can't just go from one role to another, you step back and reset. So we, me and my wife talked and we decided it just, the ministry life wasn't for us anymore, being past me being a pastor of a church or pursuing that anymore. So we just stepped back. Um, and then we decided to do the ministry thing I told you about, which is like, it's like a big no, no. Um, I'm part of other ministries who I talk to and do a little odds and ends stuff with, but uh, not really um, through Assembly God or anything like that. And, you know, what my life goal is now is, um, so a lot of people, a, a lot of people won't, won't know this, but about four years ago, I was, I was diagnosed with stage three kidney failure. And I took a step back and said, what is my life, right? To get back on Buddhist question. What am I here for, right? Uh, you know, doctors say, okay, it's bad. You know, this is what it is. Um, that was three, actually probably coming up on four years ago. And everything has been good since then, which is surprising how doctors can be, right? Like, hey, you're going to die next week. And then don't. Uh, so, but uh, I took a step back and 
to be honest with you, I'm here. I, I love the Lord. I still do. Uh, I'm here to build my relationship with my wife. I'm here to be for her. I'm here to do for her. Um, as I had pre-stated before, last year we had my, old, my oldest brother pass. He had seven kids. And I'm here for them. I have, he had seven, well, actually had seven in Philly. And he has three in Tom's River. That's up near Matt. So he had like 10 kids. Yeah, so um, a lot older in their 20s. But you know what? I'm Uncle James to them and I'm here for them. And uh, ministry is not always this black and white, you know. Uh, there is a gray area. There is an area that we might not be used to. And I believe that ministry for me now is my family. I have 10 nieces and nephews, basically, who I'm getting to know. I'm helping them out. I'm giving them advice. I'm moving them forward. I'm pushing them forward. I'm encouraging them. And that alone is like a full-time job. And like my wife, to be here for my wife and to make sure I'm here for her, you know? So um, the church life isn't for us. And, uh, you know, it's stressful. Buddha knows that. Matt knows that. Um, Matthias knows that. It is stressful. Mike knows it. It is stressful. It is like you, you are under a microscope. And as you can tell, I'm not good under microscopes. So. <laughs> I could never run for a B. I could never be like a politician. Dude. <laughs> Definitely not, man. I like, Did you black out? <laughs> so, dude, I, I let's give let's give Buddha some credit for that question because man your your answer was uh, you gave a lot in that and, and a lot of good things and I guess one of the things I wanted to say to you and I and I know I think you, I'm sure you know this anyway but um you may obviously you're not in ministry quote-unquote right now um you do what you're doing that you feel like that's lining up to what you're supposed to be doing but that shouldn't take away from all the ministry that you did do. And I guarantee you there's countless people who, whose lives you changed during those times you were in ministry. And maybe you were supposed to be in ministry for that, that period of time. And that was it. And, and, and that's fine if that is the case, but I mean, dude, like you covered so much there. There's like so many things that like, I would love to like add on to. And it's just like, there's, so much there. I, I, I think people will really enjoy the answer that you gave to that question. Cause there is so much there. I mean, I, a lot of the stuff you said, I resonated with so much. Like I, I dude, I got to be completely honest. Like I'm not going to sugarcoat things. I got fucking burnt out. Like I, I, that's, that's legit. What happened? I grew up in a very Christian home going to church minimum twice a week every week my entire life went to a christian high school so from ninth grade to senior year i was attending chapel every single day sounds like college all over again mm-hmm. um you know after high school well, later on uh probably junior senior year i became a youth leader uh eventually became a assistant youth pastor probably had the potential to become the actual youth pastor and never have to go to college anyway. And I said, you know, no, I want to go. I want to learn. I want to learn more, get the education. And I went and, and I, I got burnt out, but it was also a combination of being burnt out. And like you said, and like Rick said, just people, and this is not to uh, people that like you, should look up to or people you think are in this position of ministry 
just doing shitty fucking things yeah. and opening it opens your eyes and you're like i i got burnt out and i was like you know what fuck i don't this is not for me you know i, I don't want to get into too much because i know like i said i got a lot to get into when i when i do my episode i feel like that can be like another like yeah when, when we do your episode and uh and uh, I feel like there's a lot of people. I think maybe we can do like a three for like or have Rick on, kind of give it his perspective on the ministry aspect. And, and right. uh, like like you said, dude, I I saw things that I was like dumbfounded by. And uh, and I think we're all there. And when you're the young kid in the ministry, and you stand or question someone who's a senior in the ministry, you you get the horns and right. uh it surprised me to see how people who knew me growing up right uh within the district and down to the church how they fled like they fled like i was marked as a leper like it was like weird i never was able to give my aside to explain stuff and so basically one of the things was me and michelle were stepping down michelle's my wife i'm sure you know that but uh we were stepping down and uh, they, we were going to take a different role. We were like, no more pastoral role. We were going to do like a young adults role and uh, no even like pastoral role. Like we will be here as young adults. And uh, it was interesting how we were just like, that's a story for another day. Basically we're told to leave. And uh, it was, it was interesting. It just shocked us. It like, rocked our world dude we were like what like so and you can't you can't ha but not feel a little bit you know it's like oh this is uh this has nothing to do with personal and it's like now nah, it's kind of personal though right when you were like you know we were given we were doing so much and we were we were just every almost like four or five six days a week working and uh yeah that's uh it's difficult and like i said it's that whole part-time ministry full-time part like you you can't there's no shut off button right. your paycheck gets shut off right right the hours that they'll pay you for get cut you know that's okay you're done at 12 you're done at 10 or 20 whatever they'll pay a part-time guy but oh but then like if you don't answer the call or you it's it's hard so um to definitely to uh to deal with that so well deep question buddha way to go <laughs> for sure for sure i mean I, I guess, and I don't want to go too, too much more on this because we'll, we'll get, we'll get more lighthearted here in a second, but like, I, I, it just, it blows my mind. It really does blow my mind. When you think of an example, like I'm just going to use myself as an example here. Like I, most of you guys might not remember because I'm sure my second half of my Valley Forge career is more memorable, memorable because I was such a fuck up and like a just whatever <laughs> but i don't know if 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 you guys can remember my first year there like i was a really like a great student like followed every rule like i mean i had no new i i i when i came to valley forge i had two tattoos i think at the end of my first year of valley forge i still had two tattoos because i didn't i didn't get any tattoos like by the books whatever yada 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 but it what started to open my eyes was like, okay, so you're going to find me somebody like, a, like, per, like I'm doing everything I can do to follow every rule. You're going to find me $15. Cause I missed a chapel. Meanwhile, there's a, somebody on the worship team who was caught in her room with her boyfriend after like 
two o'clock in the morning and you're gonna like just turn face to that like oh yeah then nothing happened there like yeah oh fuck i get it like yeah (laughs) so there's there was definitely yeah yeah i have a light buddha i have a light buddha memory and buddha might buddha might remember this I don't want to misspeak of the class we were in, and he he might remember it. I swear it was drama class, and me and Buddha were in drama class together. And there was a kid in there that used to say "brilliant." He was like one of those artsy fartsy like (laughs) freaking Shakespeare in the woods bullshit, like you know, like bestiality in the back of the campus kind of guy. (laughs) And uh, and I remember me and Buddha used to mimic him, right? Like all people Buddha, like, right. Like I remember thinking like all people like get on board with this sarcasm Buddha, but me and Buddha used to be like, it's just, just, just like the teacher would say something like, that's brilliant. That's just brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And the kid got pissed, like mad, like at us. And I remember the kid looked at us and goes, it's not funny. And Buddha was like, dude, I'm sorry. I'm like, that's brilliant. Right, <laughs> and the kid got so pissed. And I remember Buddha was like, "I feel so bad." Like we go back to the door, but I, re- I wonder if Buddha remembers that, like the brilliant thing. That's brilliant. Well, but uh, yeah, like like Buddha said on one of the previous podcasts. I mean, we would do things like that, but it was never in like it, our hearts were always still in the right place. We never meant it maliciously. You know, and and you guys doing that, like, you guys were getting a laugh. Had you known he would have got, like, seriously pissed off, you might have still done it. Like, <laughs> But, like, Buddha, Buddha wouldn't have. <laughs> yeah, I definitely would have still done it. I would have been, like, definitely. If I would have known it would have pissed him off, the thing is, like, the way he reacted, if I remember, was, like, kind of, like, very dramatic because we were in drama class. Um, I probably would have laid in ten times worse. Like, that's the problem with me, dude. Like, the whole sarcasm thing, right? Like South Jersey, we live and breathe on that, right? So if you come to South Jersey area, like, and I take it to the diner, and I'm sure even Matt, like, even Matt knows this, like, you're going to get, like, fast food, a bad attitude, and you got to laugh at it, right? But that's just Jersey. Like, if you show up and the girl's smiling at you, get out of that restaurant because you are getting spit in your food, right? Like, so it's just like, it's just the South Jersey way. Like now I deal with like, when people come at me with like sensitivity, like me, I I joke about everything, right? And I say that above all else, I can joke about anything, right? Because the condition I'm in, like, you got to laugh, dude. And so like when people try to get all like, oh, you offended me. I'm like, any tampon? <laughs> like, like I just egg them on, dude. I'm the worst at it. But I, I wonder if Buddha does remember the whole brilliant thing. Yeah, well, I'm sure. I'm sure he will. He will definitely let us know if he does or not. All right. So one one final question here, and this is from one of the uh, terrible, terrible uh, flag burners. Phil Anderson wants to know how you got so cool. How did I get? I saw that. How did I get so cool? You know, it's funny is I met Phil's brother and their whole what were their things called again? Under the light. Oh, okay. Delicious thing. Yeah, I met okay. them at a summer camp the year before I came to uh, um, Valley Forge. It was like my last like intern with my youth pastor. But uh, how did I become so cool? I'm not cool. <laughs> That's the thing. I just don't care. Like that's it's, like I think that like the firm what you think you're cool, right? I just I don't care. <laughs> so it's like like make fun of me. I'm good. I got to say that 
why am I so cool? I'll give it to you guys. Like you guys probably built that out of me. Cause like, like sarcasm, right. Is the medicine that I need all the time. Right. And, uh, it's due to you guys. I'm so cool due to you guys. Like, you know, like if I, I don't think if I met you guys, I would probably be a totally different person, probably like a millionaire, but I mean a different person, <laughs> but, uh, definitely better. I mean the same, <laughs> but, uh, all right well with with that i mean that that's as that's as far as it goes as, as far as questions um so i'm gonna kind of let you take over if there's anyone like stories you want to share or anything any other things you want to say like kind of let you do your thing here uh sad stories i want to share um my favorite like so so uh so tom right rizzo <laughs> My favorite Tom moment is I lived in two, four up in that single apart in that single room. And I, we brought it up on the, the zoom call, if you remember, but we were all drinking at night. Uh, but, um, Tom put sugar packets going like, remember you would come in the first, the middle entrance and there were stairs to go up, right? My room was right upstairs and there were sugar packets going like one on each step going all the way up all the way down the hallway, which wasn't like too far from the, 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 the door. Right. But all the way to my room. And I remember to just like open the door and like, this is just like 24 down fashion, right? The most random thing. Cause I think it was like May or not even May. It might've been like spring semester. And it was a Santa Claus hat sitting on my chair, my desk chair with sugar pouring out of it. And I was like, what the f is this <laughs> shit? Right. And I come down and I just remember he did like this Tom thing. I think he was like, like he did this thing like it was me i was like i ran after him beat him up with that um one of my other favorite memories was uh, i don't even know like i'm surprised no one brought it up was the the roast remember you guys all roasted me oh my god yes yeah, yeah right so i'm really surprised wolf woofy isn't on any of this like have you like i haven't had any contact with him or seen him in the pages at all like I yeah. I would love to get him on if if you if you or anybody else listening has contact. He Literally might be right right there. I have the shirt he made me from when I did intramural basketball. It's oh, like nice. right up there, <laughs> and it says "Crazy Legs Majeski, No Sugar." And I I still have it for like all these years later. I'll pull it out. And I'll send him like a Facebook message, like "Look what I found," and he goes, "Oh, cool." <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh. Uh, yeah, so I and I still think I have Wolfie printed out his speech he did. Like he did a whole speech and he actually put it like I have it. So um, somewhere in some paperwork. But uh, my favorite moment was I remember because I, uh, I was rooming with Matt and I told everyone I was leaving. I think it was Tom and An Andrew. They wanted to take a walk with me. And I was like, come on, guys. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to shed any tears. I'm leaving. And, and, uh, and, uh, they were like, no, 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 let's just take a walk. And you guys, they walked me into the room where it was like on the near the chapel, right? The one of those back rooms over there that we had it. And we did, like, we did it there. And I was like, Raven and Carrie were there. And that was like my sarcasm skills put at its best because I was put like right on the spot to like make fun of everybody. But, uh, um, and then, uh, dude, I really don't, you know, like, I don't want to, like, ramble on with, a, a, like, a ton of memories. One of the best, like, as you said, one of the best, uh, the best moments, like I said, we can't pinpoint when me and you hung out, right? And I swear, when I first met you, you told me you were allergic to cigarettes. 
Okay, so <laughs> I knew there was a story behind this shit. You liar. <laughs> to to be fair, um, I when I was, I'll just say a real quick story. I was probably like twelve, fourteen, something like that, and I had eaten an apple. Okay, when I was a kid, real little kid, if I ate an apple, I felt like I couldn't, like I just wasn't properly swallowing the like the peel of the apple. So I was like, oh, I, I don't like I don't like them because I can't swallow them properly or whatever it was. So I just stayed away from them. And it was around like 12, 14, something like that. I'm at a Promise Keepers conference with my dad, and they got a box lunch with an apple in it. I'm like, oh, I'm old enough now. I know how to chew things. So, like, <laughs> let me just <laughs> eat this apple. And so I ate it, and, like, throat, like, swelled shut, like, all this kind of stuff. So my parents took me to get my allergies tested found out obviously i was allergic to apples but they told me they told me that i was allergic to cigarettes and beer now i don't know if my parents paid them to tell them that because they told me that before i like because i went in the room by myself to get like the allergy test and they gave me the results before like my mom was out in the waiting room so it wasn't like they gave my parents the results and my parents told me like they specifically told me um Again, maybe my parents paid them to tell me that. I don't know. But for the longest time, I thought I was allergic to the cigarette smoke and beer. And it turns out I'm allergic to neither. So <laughs> <laughs> both as we speak right now. <laughs> um, yeah, like it was it was so funny. So I don't even know if you know how all that started. But um, Wolfie was involved. That guy, Steve Anderson, was involved in a pastor who's a pastor right now, so I won't name him. He was involved too. Okay. And it was funny because I feel, I feel like Rizzo came. I don't know if you came. And we used to go down to this, like that downtown Phoenixville. There used to be like a museum of the old steel yep, yep. works place. And there used to be a drawbridge over the river right there. Okay. Like a, a steel bridge. And we used to call them business meetings. And we would get all up together. We'd go get cigars and we'd go down and have business meetings. Okay. And then like, I remember the pastor who's a, well, the person who's a pastor now to be not named, he would go and uh, see, I'm smart now at the end of this, I'm not naming the people. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, he backed out. He was like, this isn't right. I think Tom was like, this isn't really for me. Uh, I enjoy the other stuff. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> so, and Wolfie, me and Wolfie still did it and this guy Anderson. And then, so I remember me and Wolfie, so me and Wolfie lived right across the hall from each other upstairs and Wolfie used to like be a dumb dumb. So where me and you were smart, what would we do? We'd get in our car and go for a drive. Right. right. Wolfie was, remember how lazy <laughs> Wolfie would get? Like, he'd be like, he'd be like, bro, it was the last time you showered. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. You know, but, uh, he used to smoke in his room. And he used to put, and that's why I want him on, because I swear he used to wet a rag, because he had his private his own private bathroom upstairs. Yeah. He used to wet a rag and put it on his bedroom, on the bottom of his bedroom door, right? Like a towel. He would wet it, put it down there. Then he would put a fan in his window and smoke out the fan. But what he didn't realize, it was just blowing it out all around the building. So, like, I remember they came to his room, and they're like, are you smoking in here? And he's like, uh, No. <laughs> and uh, then he started doing what we were doing, like driving. But uh, me and Wolf used to get like I, I'd like to talk to him because me and him got into like 
me and him got in trouble with Jacob, Pastor Jacob. We went on this like a ski thing, and me and him walked off and had a cigarette. And uh, I used to wash my hands before I would go back, and like Wolfie walked right up, like, "Hey, Pastor Jacob," like breathing <laughs> in his face, and he's like, "Yeah, guys, like, come on, dude." <laughs> but um, yeah, when nah, dude, go ahead. when when uh when I was like involved with it, it was um. It was me, you, occasionally Wolfie, and uh, and again, if I'm not naming names, it was another uh, girl whose name might rhyme with, um, sh- sh- uh, I don't know, Michelle, rhymes with Michelle, not going to throw her under the bus or anything. It was Rochelle, you don't remember? Or Raquel, 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 Raquel. Raquel, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it was like me, you, Raquel, and occasionally Wolfie. We would, uh, we would is go. Raquel in like ministry right now? No, I was just, I was just. Uh, being... Oh, okay. <laughs> but oh, yeah, that... yeah, yeah. That's uh, that was uh, that was like yeah. That's what we we used to do, and I feel like we used to we used to yeah. I used to drive up the campus and be like, I used to message you. Remember? Yeah. I wouldn't tell you, and I wouldn't be there, and I'd be able to look outside, and you'd be like, "What?" And then like, like oh, you asshole, <laughs> like, yeah. stop sitting here waiting for you. It's um, it's funny, and and listen, I mean, we can go on and it, for hours, dude. You know, it was four years of our life, and uh, uh, I won't go on too much longer. But um, you know, twenty four down is just a building it's the people that were in it. And like we, we discussed before, probably on these, on these calls, on a zoom calls that probably if you go down there now, it's a storage unit, right? We said, and uh, what does brotherhood really mean? You know, that's the way I take it. I take it because uh, you know, I have my blood brothers here, but I have my best friend who is 10 minutes up the road. His name is James too. You know, that's my brother, you know, I say brother. So, you know, blood, brother doesn't always have to be blood. And I think someone said that, and, that, and that, that's 100% true, dude. You know, after 12, 13 years of uh, most of us, not even maybe a Facebook like, maybe a, hey, how you doing or happy birthday. You know, um, I don't know about most of us, but at least generally for me, for us just to get together and it just be like the old times where we're joking, we're laughing with each other, you know, that's what brothers are. And, uh, we may not always agree. We may not always get along, however, but I know that we all got each other's back, you know? So, and 24 down was that. And to be honest with you, I joke about it, but when I was, when I had the, the nerve damage happen, um, you know, I was in a tough spot. Now I, you know, I heard everyone talk about their dark, their dark places and stuff like that. Um, I wouldn't call it a dark place for me, but it was a downtime in my life. And, uh, you know, I don't know who it was, but I know that 24 down was the one who convinced me (laughs) like whoever it was like, that was like, Oh yeah, you suck. You're diabetic. Right. And I remember laughing at it. Like, I was like, Oh shit. Like my, like my problem, the way I can deal with it. Not now it doesn't have to be something like crazy like that, but definitely 24 down shaped me in order to deal with a lot of personal problems. Right. Like joke it off. Like everything will be good. Hug it out. You know, you might have a little bit of spat, I think we all spat it. Maybe me and you did. I can't remember me and you, but I know Matias put me in my place once or twice. I know that for a fact. <laughs> so, um, you know, but there was no hard feelings at the end of that. You know, when you say family, family is your family no matter what, right? So, and that's how I feel that 24 down was for me. No matter what, no matter if the time, 
goes by, whether, you know, we do this for another year or two and it kind of ends, right? Uh, family's family, no matter what. And that's how I consider 24 down. It was, it's family. It's a brotherhood of, it's, it's thicker than blood. And uh, I enjoyed every moment of it. So. Well, we, we've, we've hinted at it quite a bit and, and it's definitely something that, I mean, it was originally supposed to happen this year. It's obviously not going to with everything that's going on. But if you haven't caught the hints yet, uh, those of you listening, like this is very much, this whole podcast is very, very much leading to a eventual 24 down reunion. And I can't wait for that because like you said, I mean, we are all, we are all brothers. Like at, at the end of the day, we are family. We might not be blood, but we are family. And when you you talk about like, yeah, there might have been fights here and there. Like, okay, well, brothers fight, families fight. But guess what? Guess what else happens? You talk to somebody that you haven't talked to in five, ten years, and it's just like it was yes, you know, just like those years ago or yesterday. And I'm really proud of everybody that's been involved in this. Whether you've been on an episode, plan to be on an episode asking questions getting involved and, and people that aren't involved yet they just maybe some people don't know about this stuff yet um there's a everybody's got their own lives going on too now so I, I get like not everybody has time to stop and ask some questions and everything like that but like at the end of the day we are all family and i can't wait for that reunion um the other thing i want to say too you you kind of like sparked an idea in my head and i don't know I'm not promising anything. I don't know the logistics of how this could happen, but maybe at some point down the road, we bring back the uh, 24 down roasts because we did one for Tom and Andrew. We did one for you. I don't know if we did one for anybody else, but maybe we do like a once every like three, four months thing. And we have somebody, you know, and we all, Get, have certain people get on as the roast master and whatever. I think I there's something there. We'll, we'll have to look into it. But through Zoom, dude, you can do yeah. multiple people. Yeah, Zoom. Yeah, I think I think it'd be. I mean, I would sit there and watch that. Even if I wasn't involved, I would watch a 24 down roast all day. <laughs> so that's that's great. Um, well, anything else you got, James? Nah, man, that was uh. It was fun. This was my first ever podcast. Nice. Well, you did you did phenomenal. So, and I will say that I will admit that I had to text you what I needed in order to do one. <laughs> like, I just said, uh, listen, me and my wife, we're, you know, we're rednecks, dude. Now, like, it's funny, like, you know, like if you see how I live now, like I'm a hunter, I'm a fisher, a fisherman, and stuff like that, and you'd be surprised, like that that wasn't what you were back when you were like in your 20s, early 20s, you know, 19. And uh, yeah, I go out and, you know, I don't have guns, but I have bows and stuff like that. It's like, yeah. So I was like, my wife's like, do we even have any technology that is like up to par to even do this? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> so, so that's how I was like, let me text this dude. Like, what do I need, man? So, uh, yeah, yeah. Funny. No, you, I, you, you sound great. You, you, you did a great job. Um, let me plug these things really quick. So Twitter, if you guys got Twitter and you want to follow us on Twitter, we don't really do that much other than, post the episodes but you could look at look us up on there at 24 down podcast uh if, if you want to email us at all for any reason 
24downpodcast at gmail.com. Check out our Store Frontier page. It's uh, storefrontier.com slash 24down. We got 24down podcast shirts and just the 24down logo itself. Uh, and, and get involved with our Facebook pages, whether it's 24down podcast or just the 24down group page. Uh, those, those are all like, I mean, pick any one of those and you'll be, uh, you should be good to know what's going on and, and whatnot. So, um, yeah, with that, James, I, I appreciate you being on. I think this might have been the uh, longest that we've ever been together without going to have a cigarette. So I think we're both due to go have a cigarette. So uh, I will uh, I will leave it at that. And, and if you got anything else to say, I'll, I'll let you get the last word here. Nope. I just say uh, I can't wait to see more people on here. That's what I want. Awesome. I tell you, like, I, like if you ever listen to a, a podcast, I'm sure people are telling you this that, like, at the end, at like an hour and forty minutes, you're like, "No, I want more." Like, I listen to it at work, and like sometimes it just is, it's kind of sad when you know the episode ends and I have to wait. So, uh, right, uh, yeah. So, get on here, guys. Sweet, awesome. Well, I love you, man. All right, love you too, bro. All right, I'll talk to you guys soon. All right, bye. Dream.
caught a trucker out of Philly, had a nice long talk. But he's a headed west from the Cumberland Gap to Johnson City, Tennessee. I gotta, I gotta move on before the sun. I hear my baby calling my name and I know that she's the only one. And if I die in Raleigh, at least I will die free. Wagon wheel time. Five minutes of show. Let's do it. Hey, y'all. Hey. What's hey. happening, man? Hey. Good to see you, man. No, man. It's good to see you. How are you? Good to see you. Me too. My man. Great. Right. Man, oh, you sleep. You sleep like me. Hey, Sadie. Hey. How y'all doing? Ready to roll? Right, Always ready, y'all. I just had a crazy dream. And I see all that in the show. All right. <laughs> Knock them down out there, man. Thank you, man.